Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pado. Welcome, Pado. Yes, hello, Dano. Very interesting week in Supercoach, and I'm keen to dissect it. Yeah, and we'll go straight ahead to our weekly group winner, which was Adam. Um, his team name is Buckers5, and he got a 23-44, Pado. <laughs> he did, yes. Um, I'm just bringing the league up now. I'm not... Uh... Oh, no, it's already up. Um, yeah, I, I like that there's a couple of nice little PODs in there that aren't like crazy PODs. Guys like James Sicily, who feels um, pretty rare to own at 22%, which isn't crazy low, but it's not crazy high either. Um, also got McCray and Neil in midfield, and there's been a lot of uh, talk about trading guys like that out, which I just think is mad, Dana, but maybe we'll have a little rant about that later. But um yeah, yeah, no, decent enough team. So, so well done, Adam, on getting the high score from our group this week. Yep, yep. Now we'll go straight into injuries and suspensions, and we'll start off with the big one that everyone's talking about. That's Darcy Cameron from Collingwood. Uh, he's out for four to six weeks with that knee. Um, so not not good shit, Pato. Well, we tried to say, Dano. I mean, well, obviously, you, if you're you a tried max, to say, you tried to. If say. you're a Max Gorn only, you, you had to trade. But if you traded Darcy to Darcy, Cameron. Like I did. You... <laughs> I don't want you to call people out there. Honey, but no, you deserve you can't, it. You can't call a knee. You can't call a knee. And to be honest, on Twitter, when you started bragging about it before Sean Darcy even played, part of me was like, I kind of hope Sean Darcy now goes down just to piss Pato off. But then I really like Sean Darcy and I got him in keeper league, so I didn't want that to happen. Yeah, I just I think it's crazy trading out healthy rucks with the way the ruck line has been so far this year and most years. It's a very volatile line, and for me, I'll only use trades if I absolutely have to. But maybe maybe I'm wide or a little bit different. Whereas I'm going with a different approach this year. I'm going aggressive with the trade early because last year I didn't, and it backfired on me. So next one, LDU calf soreness and was a late out. Um, I'm assuming he's back in this week, Pato, but you never know with those pesky calves. See, this one was shit for people that brought him in because this was announced about 15 minutes before the game. Like, he mm. wasn't announced as a late out. He was named in the final team and he felt a bit of soreness during warm-ups. Maybe he just saw yep. Finn McGuinness warming up and didn't want to deal with that for a, for a, <laughs> for a game. Yeah, but... Yep. Uh, yeah, the the Supercoach site crashed, apparently, Dano. Yeah, because everyone and, was trying and people, to yeah, him out. And people weren't able to change that trade to, to guys like Clayton Oliver. So I, I feel for you if you're in that position. Um, Really, really sucks. But I, I, I'd say he plays, but you just never know with a cuff. Yeah. Um, next one is Jeremy McGovern. Uh, hamstring tendon, twelve plus weeks, Pato, and then I'll I'll pe- I'll bundle that up with Campbell Chester as well. He's out for a few weeks with that knee, um, just before we started recording. So two Eagles down. 
Yeah, they actually lost about five guys during this game, which I really feel for them. But uh, yeah, yeah, the McGovern one is a nasty one. Um, we've got, we're going to talk about a guy that is very relevant according to this news very soon, Dano. But Chess is going to miss a few as well, so it's a tough decision to be made on him. Yep, yep. Uh, Lukey Pedler suspended for one week. That's all we really need to say on that one. Yeah, not super highly owned, but he was a cash cow for some guys. So, yep. Yeah, keep him if if you if you can get a score. I'm sure most people can with Green and and Davey and all that sort of shit. So, yep. yep. And the last one, last one we got listed down is Sam Planters with the knee unknown extent. Um, just fuck him off. Yep. Yeah. If you didn't last week, uh, this is your this is your excuse. Get him out. Um, find a cash cow, even even sideways into a K Chandler. Like at least Chandler's got some more money to make, you know. So. Yep. Yep. Now we'll go to some rookies on the bubble uh, here, Pato. So the first one we got is Joel Amity, um, or Amati, however you want to fucking pronounce it. 223K forward, minus 72 break even, 100 average in 1% of teams, playing up forward and his backup ruck. And his first game, he was like absolutely amazing. Backed it up with like a, what, a 78 in round two. So I, I'm actually liking the look of him. He, he's playing well. Yeah, I'm not about the Amati party personally. I think um, he's got one inflated score against a VFL team. And it, granted, he had a decent enough game against Melbourne. He did actually show some solid scoring last year, Dano. But I don't even think he's for sure best 22. And he's got a little bit of a tricky run coming up in Port Adelaide, Richmond, Geelong, GWS, Collingwood, if he stays in the team. So... It's a no for me. I just don't think he's going to make enough money. And after one more game, the, that Hawthorne 122 score drops out of the rolling average. So yep. if he pulls a stinker against Port Adelaide, that break even is going to plummet upwards. doesn't really work, but it'll it'll skyrocket. And yep. um, yeah, the cash generation will die on its ass. So it's a no for me. Yep. Okay. Will Phillips is the next one. 158K minus 52 Break even, 72 average in 23% of teams. Now, I want to, you can talk about all the other shit, but will LDU coming in affect Will Phillips, first of all, Pato? I think it will. I Pardon think, uh, Clarko obviously knows what he's doing. We know that. That's that's calling a kettle for a kettle. That's the wrong word. But anyway, not a good start so far, Dana. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they've realized that Will Phillips is a midfielder and he can't really play anywhere else. And he had a great game on the weekend, um, but LDU and Turner were both out, who are probably their two best midfielders. So he had a 78 on the weekend, which is great. Like, I would I was going to start him if he wasn't named as a sub in round one. Like, and I think a lot of yeah, people same. were going to. Uh, but then he missed round two, and that, to me, says that he's not quite best 22. Uh, came in, obviously, on the weekend with Kane Turner being suspended. LDU was laid out. It just further cemented his spot in that middle uh, midfield. He may not even play this week, Dana. If LDU and Kane Turner are back, I don't know if he plays against Carlton. So it's a, it's a real shame because this is a really talented kid um, who's missed a lot of footy earlier on with like glandular fever and stuff. But yeah, I think I think his status in the in the best twenty two means he's a big no no from a super coach perspective. Sadly. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I think there's um some other guys that will will play that we'll talk about in the waiting in the wings segment that we're introducing this podcast. Um, Samson Ryan, 
Pato. 123k ruck forward, minus 28 break even, 50 average. What is what's his job security like? Um, I don't think it's great, honestly. Um, he was subbed out of the game on the weekend, and granted, it was it was a wet night, um, slippery conditions. He was playing as a backup ruck, and um, I think for memory, Miller was the the sub in round one who was playing that exact same role as Ryan. So. Um, I, I don't love the job security. I don't think he's going to be a reliable scorer either. Um, we may even change our structures and go with just Nank in the ruck with maybe like Bolter chopping him out for 5% of the game. So it's a no from me. I, I don't think, I don't like the job security. And it's the yeah. same with Tyler Young. And that's why he hasn't made the run shape because his job security is also shocking. Yep. And we'll talk. There's two guys. You've listed three guys here, but one of them I'm actually going to be talking about in our waiting in the wings segment. So we'll just say we've got Tyler Brockman and Jacob Van Ruin. Um, both played one game, Pato. Kind of like a watch and see with those two. Yeah, I mean, I don't love bringing rookies early, um, but just two to keep your, your mind on that. Like if you're looking at downgrading someone, maybe that's a, a Flanders, maybe that's a Chesser. I don't know about the guys on the bubble this week. I just don't think they're reliable. So I think you either wait one more week and get some more data on Brockman and Van Ruin, or yep. um, or you go to the other guy, Dana, who I really like, who I think yep. you're going to mention. Yep, we'll, we'll go to the waiting in the wings segment. So basically, I've crunched the numbers from uh, the reserves game. So like the Waffle, which didn't actually play their first rounds this week the Sandful and the VFL. And I'm just going to mention some guys that could potentially be coming in this round or ones to keep an eye on for future rounds because they're absolutely slutting it up. So the first one is Jack Bytel, um, played for Sandringham on the weekend. And this is the one that Pato is referring to. He's actually on the bubble, um, 158K mid. He, he tore it up. He got 34 disposals of which there was 18 kicks, Pato, three marks, six tackles, two goals and seven inside 50. So he looks like he's well and truly over that little bacterial infection that he had on that scrape or cut on his knee. Yeah. I Did we mention it last week? Like I thought he was going to come straight back into that team and I'm a little bit surprised he didn't make the final squad. Now yeah. his disposal efficiency wasn't great in round one when he played, but he did a pretty good negating role on, I can't remember the matchup, but um, anyway, no, he starred for Sandringham and, um, yeah, as you said, 35 touches and was just uh, brilliant. So he yeah. sure comes in. Yeah, you'd, you'd think he would come in this week. Um, now, we've got two Giants. I'll start off with the Giants. They played Carlton in the VFL. And we've got two Giants waiting in the wings that potentially are putting pressure on some of the senior players. One's Josh Fay. 123k defender slash mid. Now he played that half back role and pushed up onto the wing and he got 43 disposals, 10 marks, 13 rebounds, and four tackles, Pado. It's a fucking good effort. And considering you got guys like Whitfield who were just turning oh almost he was almost Carlton's best player on the weekend. Just turning the ball over. You you got guys like Faye that could come in. He could even, to be honest, could replace Callahan. I don't know, but he's one to watch. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because the the Giants have somewhat underperformed. I think it's fair to say, Dana. I, th- I know they were good against Carlton. No, um, they weren't. No, they weren't. 
Carlton were shit. Patches. Yeah, yeah, they, they, the, the Carlton the, the, was shit, and the Giants were shit. Giants were just really good back, at tackling and putting pressure on. Yeah, the back line was really poor, and that's a really important part of the way that Kingsley wants to play. Um, it's really important to the way Richmond play it as well, and Collingwood granted on that same sort of game style. But I, I watched a bit of this game. Lockie Ash um, isn't looking great. Isaac Cumming is doing a job, but not looking great either, just in terms of disposal efficiency. Uh, Whitfield, it really is the the elephant in the room. Like For a guy as talented as him, he has been fucking shit out this year. 100%. Um, does Kingsley have the balls to drop him? Like I don't think he does, but... I'd almost want one of those. I, I'd almost want one of those guys to get dropped in order to be keen on Fahey or Fahey or however you say it. Um, yeah, I yeah, I like it. I like it. Anyway, yeah. we'll move on. Uh, so his teammate, we'll see. We'll see if he has the gonads. His teammate Max Krasuski. Um, he actually was drafted as a defender that could switch up forward. So he's a hundred and seventeen k defender in SuperCoach. He played up forward for the Giants and he kicked four goals too. Had 15 disposal, disposals of which 14 were actually kicks, Pato, and nine marks. So it's kind of a wait and see than kicking down the door. Uh, but considering the fact that the Giants have been struggling to hit the scoreboard, like fucking Jesse Hogan not even being able to reach 25 metres at one point, they might be looking at, like everyone's talking about Cadman, but the, this bloke here could actually be one that might sneak into the team. No, we want Cadman, mate. We want Cadman. I know I know everyone wants Cadman. I know. Anyway. Um, we'll go to the other team in this game, which and you got Chincotta, 102k defender mid. Uh we were talking about him all preseason. He got 34 disposals, of which 17 were kicks, eight rebound fifties, three inside fifties, five marks, and two tackles. So I I think it's fair to say that he might be knocking on the door there. Uh, maybe for uh, I've forgotten that little mullet man's name. Um, Cowan. Yeah, Cowan. Potentially a Cowan, but if Carlton keep winning or not losing because they got that draw, then they might not change that team. Yeah, Cowan's an interesting one because he had one really good quarter, but he was pretty shit for the rest of the game. So they may look to move him on. I'm surprised that Cowan got the job over Chincotta just because Chincotta is like a 25 or 26 year old. Mm. mature age rookie and, and Cowan is a 19 year old kid so I can see them making that change I just hope they do it in a couple of weeks so Cowan can just make more cash before we can yeah. move him on but probably not going to happen yeah now we'll we'll look to the Collingwood ruck situation Pato and we were obviously talking about big boy Steen um, at 102k ruck for the Collingwood and he had an absolute stinker of a day he had seven disposals, of which three were kicks, one mark, one tackle, and only 17 hitouts. He got made a bit like he was Naismith's bitch. He was bent over backwards. Naismith had like 60-something hitouts against him. So I don't think Steen's going to be coming in for Collingwood much to everyone. Like ev- everyone was hoping that he would, but I have a feeling they're going to go with like a McStay or even Ash Johnson chopping out in the ruck a bit. Yeah, I think they're going to be creative and use a McStay or something in that ruck until probably Cox is going to come back before Cameron. So, yeah, Steen's an eighteen-year-old kid. Like he was never going to get that call up. He's just not ready. Um, we could so, yeah. <laughs> if if anyone that plays AFL fantasy, I think McStay McStay might be a cheeky, nice little short-term, uh, yeah, punt there. Maybe. Um, but no, Steen's not going to be the the rookie ruck that we desire. Yeah, we'll go over to the Swannies VFL now. And Angus Sheldrick, 
Uh, we spoke about this guy as well in preseason. He's 165K mid slash forward. He got 34 disposals, of which 18 were kicks, five marks, three tackles, and six inside 50s. The only problem is he's trying to crack into a team that consists of Goulden and fucking Parker and shit like that. So all he can keep doing is just knocking on the door, maybe get ahead of um, Matt Roberts. I don't know. But, yeah, what are your thoughts there, Pato? No, we want Will Gould. Oh, fuck yeah. I did not even look at Will Gould's um, <laughs> Will Gould's stats, to be honest. I don't, uh, oh, he no, had, he's injured. He 16 disposals. No, he had 16 oh. disposals. Nothing nothing to break the... Yeah, okay. Break the news press over. Yeah. Now, the last two that I've got here... Uh, oh, actually, no, last three. So, we got Howes from um, Melbourne. So, he got 17 kicks, 16 handballs, 16 marks four rebound 50s and one tackle. So, but again, he's not cracking it back into that Melbourne team unless there's some injuries. Uh, we'll go yeah, to Melbourne, Melbourne team that dropped Tomlinson and McDonald who played VFL. Like it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll go to back to Sandringham. We've got big Maxi Heath. So seven kicks, four handballs, four marks, four tackles, one inside 51 rebound, 50, 23 hit outs. Um, the big Ruckman um, and his bargain basement price too, um, or 123K, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but he's another one, Pado, um, that could potentially come in, um, considering Mason Wood, who we forgot to mention in the injuries, um, went down. He's not going to, obviously, Heath won't play on a wing, but could be a chance for him to play up forward and give a little chop out for... Uh, Old mate Lockerty that we had at the start of the year. Fucking name escapes me if unless I bring my team sheet. Marshall. Rowan Marshall. Romar. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to want to make too many changes to the, the leading ladder team, are you? they got such a long injury list. They and do. the last one. The last one, which I'm going to mention, even though he probably won't crack back into the team after the Gold Coast just won in the AFL. Charlie Constable. Charlie Constable. 20 kicks, 10 handballs. So 30 disposals there, six marks, one tackle, two rebound 50s, one free four, and one inside 50, no freeze against. Dude just got dropped and just pulls out those numbers. The only thing is, it doesn't show disposal efficiency um, from what I used. So he could have hacked it. I don't know. But he accumulated the ball, Pato. You also don't know what role he played either, whether he played midfield or whether he played defense. Yeah, that that's true. That is true too. The only hope is that he might take Flanders' role on a wing or something, or half forward. But he's been training as a half back all preseason, so yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just got to cross our fingers and hope. I'm going to hold on to him. I think. Um, yeah, Luke instead. Yeah, he's a, he's a loop option, and if he comes back, he comes back. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Pado, you've got on the run sheet Pado rant, and I'm I'm interested. Is it is it anything yeah. to do with what I told you not to rant about? Um, I'll, I've I've toned it down a little bit since you said that to me, but okay. I just want to shout out the people that think that downing trades like lollies. Um is is a good way of playing super coach and like granted last year's winner jay was really aggressive with his trades and, and i know it can work out 
but I've I've heard some absolutely brainless shit happening, Dano. People trading out Rory, Laird, Jack McFray before his best game of the fucking season. Um, Sean Darcy. Hang I on, mean, hang on. Sean Darcy, I did. Sean Darcy, I did. He I was would. on 95 at halftime, Dano. And... Yeah, but we also knew that he was only up against Bailey Williams. There was a long-term plan for the trade out, but anyway. But he's a keeper. You started him as a keeper. I've... I've, I saw people training out Jacob Hopper, who's going to come back this week. I've seen, yeah. you know, and like Sam Doherty. Sam Doherty had 40 touches, Dano, and he yeah, scored 87, which I still maintain is a fucking joke because I watched that game and he had a lot more influence than 87. Mm. I just, I and people are advocating for it, and I don't want to call people out because I'm not about that anymore. Anymore. <laughs> But people are encouraging people trading out guys like McRae and a fucking Brownlow medalist, Lockie Neal. Yeah. Like it blows my mind, Dano. And I just, I, these people will complain when they trade out Sean Darcy and then they see him score 132 and Darcy Cameron got injured. And that's not, like, I'm not calling you out because you, you did that, but I just, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted, Dano. Like this, this, people are trading out Sam Doherty, right? He's, down the bottom, it says most traded out people in, in my team. The top two, don't know. Sam Doherty, Rowan Marshall of people in my team. Romar's getting traded out. Sam Doherty's about to play North Melbourne. Yeah. At Marvel Stadium. Yeah. Do you reckon he's going to score less than 120? I might get a, like 110, I reckon, is going to be his floor. And Rowan Marshall, like, sure, he's playing Jared Witts, but did anyone bring him in for his first four weeks? No. No. Like this... And he gets the ball around the ground is the other thing too. Correct. So... Like, they can both get 120-plus in this game. Marshall played against fucking Tim English last week or the week before. They both got 120-plus. Yeah. Like, it's just so short-sighted. And I see the most traded-in person in my, in my team, not in my team, is Brody Grundy, which is just another short-sighted fucking... Mad trade in, like absolute madness, Dano. And like people should do what the fuck they want with their teams. Like it's their teams, and like if if that's the if that's the way that people want to play super coach, like that's fine. But people come to us with advice uh, for advice, and my advice is don't be so fucking brash with your trades. Also, that we have too many fucking trades, but that's that's another issue altogether. We'll we'll save that rant for another day. Yeah, I just. I think it's mad, Dano. And people were cracking the shit to Setterfield, who got 82. Yeah, 82 from a 350k guy. Like, yeah. what's wrong with that? Yeah, I know. He's there to make the cash dollar. Um, yeah, like people brought him in thinking he's going to get 140 like he was averaging after two weeks. No. Like, when you trade a guy in, you don't get his points. Can I Can I, Can I? I do a rant? It's not yeah, super coach related. It, this go for fucking, it. I need a drink. This fucking descent rule bullshit... <laughs> I swear to God, I oh. threw my remote across the fucking room and I'm like, what the fuck? But I, I found the greatest comment I've ever seen on any footy thread. And this is a shout out to Matthew. Matthew has put this up and the comments are, this is brilliant, comment of the day, blah, blah, blah. He goes, can we go to the third umpire for descent? Like, can we go, yes. I'd now like a zoom in on the forehead wrinkles. Depth next will go hotspot. Yes. The player does seem quite in distress around the heart and in particular the soul region. 
Can't be having that. Umpire also appears a little red with that cold. Moving on. Next, a wingspan measurement. How wide was the appeal? A lot of unnecessary enthusiasm there. Should have been already crushed in the juniors. Umpires call for how much their feelings were hurt. <laughs> it's literally yeah. like how how that fucking... Who was it that came out <laughs> with that fucking... Um, oh, yeah, we're basically backing the umpires, but we can't... We we tell them what to do, but their tolerance threshold or whatever it is. Whoever the fuck that was. That, that was the fucking peanut Daniel Dan Richardson, who was oh. at Richmond a long time. He's a fucking peanut. But this actually like comes quite close to home, Dano. I, I coach basketball. Yeah. And there's been a huge crackdown in the last couple of years of referee dialogue. So you don't agree with a call. You, you maybe have a conversation with it. You react to it. It's passionate. The best thing about sport, Dano, is passion. Whether yeah. you're playing, supporting, coaching, umpiring, it's all about passion. And when these umpires don't understand that like people bleed sport. And yeah. like it's not like was it Keneally? It was Keneally, wasn't it? Yeah. If he had to turn around and said, What the fuck was that call ref? Fair enough. I don't think we're having this conversation. He turned around, put his arms up, where where's the free kick? Or whatever he said. Yeah. He well, didn't I, even he didn't even put him up that high either. It was just dumb. I'd honestly check that umpire sports bet account. I yeah. I I we're we're treading a fine line here. And yeah. if if they're gonna start giving away free kicks for that, like if if people are swearing, I understand, I get it. Literally a minute later. <laughs> On the wing, yeah. On the fucking wing. And then you go to the game later that night and Jack Higgins. He went ham. He went fucking ham. He even although granted, his brain would have been going quicker than his mouth. But he was swearing and shit, and they let it go. Yeah, and it shouldn't depend on which umpire it is. There should be a line. If if the player swears at at an umpire about a decision, I think it should be automatic free kick slash fifty meters. I agree with that. But this is the first time, by the way, Hado. First time this has ever been given as a free kick. Every other one has been a 50-meter penalty. That's why people are losing their minds. And because it was in front of goal. And that too, yeah. I mean, if they're going to start taking the passion out of the game, they're going to lose supporters. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I need a little rant there. Um, we'll go to some trade-in options, Pato, and we're really... I'm, I'm going to kind of just start off with the forwards because they're really isn't much to talk about. The only one that I can think of is maybe Dylan Moore. That's about it. There's not many teams yeah, have Dylan Moore. Even, even then, his role isn't great. He's getting about 20% yeah. CBAs, and it's more of a half-forward role. Their, their draw will get a lot tougher quite yeah. soon. So, Yeah, but that's about it. With... Top six to eight. But, yeah, agree. Unless you want to take a short-term swing on a on a McStay or something, but I'd, no, don't, I wouldn't be wasting trades on that. Okay, Pato, so for defensive trade-ins... I'll let you name this guy straight up because you've coined the nickname. Yeah, Disco Dacos. Uh, went up 45-odd K to 547K, um, 129 average in 63% of teams, um, which still feels low and a break-even of 56. So I don't give it long before he's over 600K and very unobtainable. So if you haven't already got the memo, um, you need... You need this guy. 
Yep, you need Disco Dacos. Um, we'll go to the next bloke. So at 402k, 99 average, 9% ownership and minus six break even. It's Will Day from Hawthorne. Um, not a super sexy pick, Pato, but he's outperforming some primos and he's getting CBAs and getting that mid-time. Yeah, you've missed one price rise, but he's getting good CBA numbers. So I it's it's a nice short-term option, like a stepping stone sort of thing. Um, he's got a break even in the negatives as well. So um, yeah, really, really positive role. Yep, 100%, 100%. Go on to the next play. So it's Tom Barras. Um, He's 490K, 82 average, 0.4% ownership. Is that a 134 break even there, Pato? Fuck me. Um, But yeah, with McGovern out on the long term, uh, Barras will likely play his role. And he's played it previously pretty well. Yeah, Barras actually averaged 93 last year, Dano. Um, and McGovern missed a lot of footy last year as well. And actually ended this ended the, the year, Dano, with these scores. So from round 18 onwards, 149, 132, 109, 104, 126, and 83, which is pretty wacky, Dano. Um, it's wacky. Yeah. Now, yeah, the, the ceiling is... There now he's a key defender in one of the worst four or five teams in the league. So I get it, but um, yeah, he scored a hundred on the weekend, didn't he, Dano? I don't know. To be honest, you put this one on the run sheet, and I did not even consider him. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> he, he had a really good game once McGovern went down. Yeah, he scored one hundred and ten. There you go. Um. Yeah, and just just moves into that role that McGovern plays and and does it really well. So even before he went out, Dana, now he had 34 against GWS, but he had 103 in round one. So yeah, that's not that's not scope though because McGovern played those two games. So yeah, he will play as that loose intercept key defender for West Coast, Dano, and we know that the ball will spend a lot of time down there, and they do also like a chip mark sort of game out of defense also. So. Yeah, nice little cheap POD option for y'all out there. Now, I'm going to skip this bloke and go to the next bloke really quickly before we go to the one that's on the deck. Paddo has on the run sheet, trap alert, Luke Ryan played shit teams. So I want you to justify why Luke Ryan's a trap, in your opinion. Well, so round one, he played St Kilda, who, yes, top ladder. But midget forward line, yeah, small they can, forward line, I probably they should do, say. They do concede pretty big numbers, St Kilda, against halfbacks and intercept Correct. defenders. So, yep, Correct. valid. Round two, North Melbourne, 122. Yep. Definitely not the best midfield in the comp. Round three, West Coast Eagles, 105. Definitely not yep. the best midfield in the comp. Um, now... He plays Adelaide this this week, um, and granted, they're also not the best midfield in the comp. Um, and then Gold Coast, again, not the best inside 50 entrance. But after that, it does get really tough in that middle part of the year. This is – Luke Ryan's a fraud. He's an almost primo. He's on that – and I'm going to sound like a little bit of a hypocrite here. He's on that Ridley level where the ceiling is really good. He'll have really good games, but also have really shit games. 
Yeah. Uh, same same as someone like Harris Andrews. Harris Andrews scored 130 on the weekend, don't know, but he's not a trading option. He's also a fraud in terms of super coach scoring. They're, mind you, these are really good players, so I shouldn't be calling them frauds because, like, in terms of footy players, they're elite. Actually, pretty good. <laughs> Fuck off, they are. Harris Andrews is one of the best defenders in the comp. Yeah. But do not get sucked into these sort of guys. Now, I, I had some guy try and bait me into a, an argument when he said that Dane Rampey, um, some random bloke on Twitter, I don't follow, he doesn't follow me, um, was trading in Dane Rampey. He's like, yeah, he's going to score. He's going to get 200K, blah, 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 because he scored fucking 150 in the round one. But I'm, I'm pretty sure he's gone like 60 since then. And like, how's that cash team going? Like, he might make you 100K. Fucking whoop de do. Like these are never good trading options. So I'm just just saying, Luke Ryan's a fraud, <laughs> and I I want to see someone go Doherty to Luke Ryan and just have a fucking meltdown in a month time when Doherty scores 600 over the next four weeks, and then Luke Ryan goes 300 in that four weeks. Like, just don't. I I okay. I just find it funny because you're like, nah, this fucking. Blah 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 blah. And then the the bloke that you've got on here as a trading option is Elliot Yo at three thirty seven k. But Elliot Yo is someone that will get midfield minutes. Yeah, I know, but I just I just find it funny, um, especially since coming off of that fucking injury again. Oh my god! But anyway, Elliot Yo three thirty seven k defender, zero games played. Pato, why are you considering bringing him in? With zero games played. Well, Luke Shuey is going to miss about a month, probably. Um, and I, I think he'll get midfield minutes in his 337k. He'll be a great stepping stone. And sure, you're probably going to have to use two trades to get him in then out. But um, I think he'll score pretty well for his price point. Yep. And sorry to everyone um, listening at the moment. I don't know if it's Pado's internet or mine, but Pado keeps going really weird. Um Hey, I might be I've doing switched. it right now. I don't know. I've switched to my phone internet, so I think at this point it's you. Yeah, okay, probably. All good. Um, we'll go now to the midfielders and the one on everyone's talking about, Clayton Oliver, 701K. Didn't think the motherfucker could rise in price. 135 average, 42% owned, and 111 break even. I have, I'm just waiting for that one down game. Um, that I tweeted about, and it should be coming up soon. He usually, in all but one season, he drops below 100 in, oh, was it around four, five, or six? Shit. But anyway, talk about him while I look this up because I can't remember where it was. So Clayton Oliver's only scored over 100 against West Coast three times, which is a weird bogey team to have. So I'm as a non-owner, I'm hoping it's this week, Dano. Yeah, but in saying that, he's got two of his best scoring teams in the two weeks after that in Essendon and Richmond, who he usually um, does pretty well against. So, I I honestly wouldn't be restructuring and gutting your whole team just to get Clayton Oliver in. I know it's easy to see Ooh. the one hundred thirty five average and say I need this guy. He's scoring over one hundred thirty every week. Like he's a captain. Okay. Blah blah blah. I found it. So with the exception of 2017, Clayton Oliver has consistently dropped below the Supercoach ton in either his third or fourth game of the home and away season. Yeah, I, I think that game's coming this weekend. If it doesn't, then he's never going to drop below 100. 
<laughs> well, he will eventually because he always he always gets one or two really hard tags a year. Yeah. This is more just telling people to prepare for him. Like if you're a Darcy Cameron owner, rather than trying to find and we're gonna talk about the ruck line, it is coming. Um actually we'll save that discussion for then. But I'm just saying have a contingency plan for Clayton Oliver, not this week, maybe next year next week. With the lack of downgrade options, you don't want to be jumping off players too early, like Setterfield, like Ginby, like, you know, the cash cows that they have more to make. Like, yeah, just yeah, have a yeah. plan um, and have him in your radar. But I would not be gutting your team to bring in Clayton Oliver, even though it looks tempting. Like, if you own Rory Laird, don't be going sideways. I think that's a silly trade. Yep. yep. That's fair enough. Next Blake, we spoke about last week. Yeah, I know. I know. We spoke about him. We got to talk about him again. It's he who shall not be named. Jordan Degoe at four ninety nine k. He's still under five hundred thousand. Pato, one hundred twelve average. Ten. Literally, we could talk about any fucking Collingwood listed mid at the moment because they're all fucking popping off. Ten percent ownership, eighty break even. Um, he's M eight material still at under five hundred k. And yeah, fuck. Like you could you could chuck fucking. I don't know, like even still side bottom slutting it up at the moment. Like this is fucking ridiculous. This Collingwood team, fucking Tom Mitchell as well. Fuck. Scott, anyway, Scott Penderbury is the fourth averaging mid this year. It's fucking. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, Jordan Degoe. Why should we consider him again? So this, I hate that we're talking about this, Dano. I know, but we we said it in preseason, and I said this is going to be the year. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I actually started him in fantasy. Oh yeah, and he's doing great. But anyway, um, this this is your M eight. If you want to sit through his a little bit roller coastery sort of scoring, it, it'd be very similar to owning Christian Petrarca, where you will get some games where he gets eighty or ninety, doesn't kick goals, gets a little bit of attention, but you're going to get one fifty plus scores. Yeah, and that's why you have him. That's why you hold, you have a Petrarca for his run home. Like he always storms home. Big game player. Collingwood are up and about, I have to say it. Um now there is a small injury risk. Yeah. And he's an absolute knucklehead. And if you don't like having knuckleheads in your team because you don't like watching them and wanting them to do well, then avoid this one. But if you can put your head before your heart, um this guy at under five hundred K will not be available this cheap for long and I think we'll be in that group of sort of eight to sixteen ish where I think you'd be pretty happy. You might average about 110. So you'd be slightly off that that top eight, but for the value, um and if you're smarter with your trades than a lot of people are, he may even turn into your M9 where you can loophole him every week and you take his 150s and if he scores his 80s, because they're going to get a lot of Friday night games Dano because it's their, yeah. their box office. So just imagine in round round twenty two, and you've got a semi final against your 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 biggest workmate, and you just want to beat them because they've been talking shit all year, and you have got Jordan Degoe playing on Friday night, and he's playing Richmond, and he gets one hundred and forty, <laughs> and and you've got a loop, you got Campbell Chester because he forgot how to play footy, and you put Ch- Campbell Chester on field, and you just you just take a, a primo out, and maybe maybe Oliver's about to get a hard tag, and you think, oh yeah, I'll just bench Clayton Oliver, and just like he'll win you a final. Dano down the line. Um, and yeah. I, I I don't think his ownership will go over 20% all year, Dano. I think 
I think people are going to get sucked into the, the Luke Davies uniacs of the of the world, and just because they've started off so well. So, I think if you're looking at a midfielder in this week, I don't know who you'd be trading out unless you're stupid enough to trade out a Laird or something. But I I, I like this guy at his price point, but I don't yeah. like him. There's actually someone that I like a bit better, Pato. You're gonna be you and I had to put this in for you, even though it's not. I great. know it. Oh fuck. So if anyone knows, my claim to fame was when I picked this guy for a breakout in his third year and held him and yeah, it was fucking magic. And it's Adam Trelaw. Uh five thirty K. Three clubs later, but five thirty K, hundred and twenty-four average, zero point six percent ownership, fifty-six break even. He basically the Bulldogs losing Dunkley has been Trelaw's gain. And it is like he he's getting those CBAs. He's playing in the midfield. He's ah, oh, and it's just good to see the old Adzi back, Pato. And when you think about it, like bef- before he was playing in the half half forward and all that sort of shit, he was averaging 109, 113, 109. There was a 101 in there at one stage, 111, 106, 107.5. Like he I, I just I just feel like the Trelaw train's back and it stopped at Southern Cross Station and now it's going to its next destination. Dano, he's already missed one game. I know, and that's what I mean. He hasn't had a price rise yet. Oh, 30K. Just saying. Just saying. No, I just, not yeah. for me. I know he's not for you. I know he's not for you, but he has to be discussed. He's averaging 124. Another bloke who's averaging 124, though, Pato, is in the ruck line, and that's Jared Witt. Like that segue there. I bet you did. A 616K, 16% ownership, and 121 break even. The guy that we spoke about not being the sexiest pick on the planet is actually being a kind of sexy pick. Yeah, if I was shopping for a ruck, I this would be my number one option. Um, I, I think people need to stop fucking around with their ruck line and just get in the reliable guy who may not be R1 or R2, but he's probably going to play every week. And I've probably just put the mo- the moxie on him now. <laughs> so I'm apologizing for owners, but I think, yeah, this, he was one of only three rucks that played every single game last year, Dano. Um, and yeah, I've, I, you need that safety in the ruck line, I think. Um, not bringing to English has shades of fucking Jack Zebel two years ago for me, Dano. Um, I'm probably going to die on the hill of not owning Tim English and it's going to fuck my whole year. But I still yeah. maintain that people are going to end up having to use a trade on him. So that's why I think it's mad that I can understand people starting him. You only use one trade if he does get injured. But the people that traded English in, knowing his injury history and that he's never played a full season of footy, um, I just think it's crazy that you bookmark two trades before, yeah, before yep. he's even injured. So, Jared Witts is is option number one for me. I'm going to give you a slightly more. Is 553k really a budget budget option? Not well. Really. It's for some people it might be because there's no obvious downgrade options this week. Dana Flanders isn't super high owned. Chet hasn't made any money. Um, Callahan Shaw has made a little bit of money. There's, you can get a bit of cash there if you own him, but they're not super high owned players. Got down. Anyway, the bloke I'm talking about is and Toby Dan Curvis. 
Yeah, Darcy Cameron's only four hundred ninety-four thousand. People yeah, might so be shopping on budget. Toby Nankervis, five fifty-three k, one hundred and eighteen average in only two percent of teams. So POD alert, seventy-five break-even, and he hasn't dropped below. What the hasn't he fucking dropped below, Pada? I think it's like one hundred and ten or some shit. I don't know. He's plugging along nice. His tackle count is nice and high. I know that much. Yeah, it always is, Dano, and he gets lots of handballs as well. He hasn't dropped below 112. That's right. Yeah, and um, this is a bloke I'm looking at bringing in, and you were kind of selling me on him because I think you said that he played every game last year, and I hadn't even looked at that. Yeah, um, another one of only three that played every single game last year. So I, I think this is also another safe pick. Also, dying on the hill that this is an even better pick than Tim English. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he's a better pick than hear, Tim English. But hear me out. Toby Nankervis will score more than Tim English. He won't average more, but he'll score, he'll score more, more than Tim English. Okay. okay. Well, I'm still like two k or one k or something like. It's some pissy little amount off going a direct swap from Darcy Cameron. To Toby Nankerva, so I've got to figure something out myself. Anyway, Tim English, 616K, 137 average, 26% ownership, 76 break even. Whoever traded him in, fucking good on you, I guess, if you had uh, gone. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be out of reach soon, Pato. Yeah. I actually want people to gut their team to get Tim English in because I'm just going to speed past them and keep my trades for, for down the line. Ah, oh, fair enough. The guy that's real just, fucking budget, and I'm going to give a spiel as to why you shouldn't get him, is Matt Flynn. And I know you're going to be like, what the fuck, Dane? You're all about Flynn sanity, aren't you? So Matt Flynn, 486K, 105 average, 1% ownership, 51 break even. He is in the same category as Brody Grundy in that there's a bloke waiting in the wings, except... Bruce is a little bit longer than Gorn. Uh, I think Bruce is about six to eight weeks. There's a bloke waiting in the wings that is the clear number one ruck, or he will swipe hit outs and whatnot away Do you think and impact the scoring. So, yes, and I will explain why. Do you think Flynn played well because of his hit outs on the weekend? Uh, no. No. He was beaten. He was fucked around, mate. He only got 13 hit outs. 13. Pitnet 24, DeConing 22, Flynn 13, Jesse Hogan 4. That was it. So they had 46 hitouts to 17. The Giants need a tap ruck. That's that's Braden Pruce. And I think Flynn, Flynn went really well against Bailey Williams the week before, but early on in the game, early on in the game, he um he was actually getting beaten by Bailey Williams. So it's something just flicked and he started going good again. Then against Riley O'Brien, he had 25. So that was a bit better um, to Riley O'Brien's 33. But Flynn hasn't actually been rucking super duper well. And Kingsley will identify that. He'll want to tap ruck. If Prusy comes in, or well, when Prusy's better, he, he will probably have one game in the VFL and then play a half and then come straight back in. Um, it's either that or they consider doing a twin towers approach with Briggs and Flynn soon. But either way, I I'm avoiding even as much as it pains me to say it, man. 
I'm avoiding Flynn's sanity. Interesting. You're the Giants man, so I trust your word. Yeah, I. And look, if he comes out and fucking pops off this weekend, I'll fucking wear it. I don't care. But I think long term, long term, it's just not good. And he's not Draper this week. Like he should fucking beat Draper. But what's one game? What's one game? Yeah. Anyway, that's me done on Flynn Sanity. Um, Pato, what about guys like Goldie? Todd Goldstein, some people have been talking about. Yeah, I feel like this should go without saying. Uh, Goldstein has proven to be not their first choice this year. They're going with Cherry, which, fair enough, you move on from your uh, long-lost love. <laughs> um, and that's what North are doing with Goldstein. Um, Grundy, I think you're crazy just to do a six-week loan on him. And, and any of the 450K or less guys are just no good. Um the only one I'd put more consideration into that I haven't listed is is a Riley O'Brien type because at least he's the number one ruck and it's actually started off pretty well. But I think we've we've sort of gone through the only real options I think there are in the the ruck line and Marshall we haven't mentioned he'll come good. Don't stress about Marshall. I've yep. seen people thinking about trading Marshall out, don't I? Well, you've seen it in yeah, fucking most traded out from your team. Yeah, it's just madness. And it's segueing into our. Twitter, uh, Twitter and Facebook and inbox questions. So Baden, for our first question, said, a few primo choices letting me down to start the year, Pato. Is it time to cut my losses on Warner, Merritt, Cumming, and or Marshall? I can, I'm, I'm going to say this is Facebook. We're starting on Facebook, mate. Yeah, I need to read it so I can see it properly. All good. All good. But basically, um, should he cut his losses on Warner, Merritt, Cumming, and or Marshall? I'm going to say no, no, maybe no. Um, you can probably shed a bit more light on coming, Dana. I don't think the role is horrible with Isaac coming. The other three, the roles are fine. They'll come good. Don't stress. Like This happens mm. every year where primos don't start off really well and they always come good and then you're always spewing after you trade them out. I was going to start come dog Milo, and remember, and then I heard word that he might be playing a bit more of a lockdown role than normal. And it turned me off. And there, yeah, that's that's all I can say there. Warner, I've I just, I if you're picking Warner up, you would have been picking him to be like a top freaking ten mid. There's no fucking way known that Warner was going to be a top ten mid. But here's the thing: round one, yeah. he scored 114 against Gold Coast, which is yeah. which is fine. That's what you brought him in for. Round two, he got tagged by Finn McGuinness. Yeah. And round three, they got belted by an incredible-looking Melbourne team. Yeah. It's got to hold like, on. It, it, it hurts. Like He averages 84. I can only imagine owning him. His break-even is 153. He might hit that this week against Port Adelaide. And then it opens up. He plays Richmond after that. He plays Geelong after that. The Giants, who aren't tagging anymore. Collingwood, who don't tag. Like, I think you've got to bite the bullet and hold. And... I think he'll come good. Sam says, which fallen primo should be targeted to bring in the next few weeks? That's part one of his question. So which fallen primo should be targeted to bring in? Well, we're kind of hoping Clayton Oliver, judge, judging on previous things, at rounds three or four, he drops for 100. So Him being a fallen primo is fucking 650K. Yeah, I know. How shit is that? 
It's madness. <laughs> How shit is that? You know it's fucked up. Tom Stewart's not even going to be that much of a fallen premier. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's that that one eighteen. That eighteen score is only going to be in his three round rolling average for one week. Wow. <laughs> it's fucked up. Um. Yeah, you so know, I feel like you know what else is fucked up? I'm I'm gonna say this. Keep an eye, and you might go interesting. Andrew Brayshaw, just keep an eye on him. Just keep an eye on him. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. He's, um, there's a yeah. few in this sort of category, honestly. Um you've got your Sam Doherty. Yeah. Who is gonna bottom out very soon and could well kickstart his uh, points this weekend. Um, you've got also in that same line, you have, wait, who do I have? I just had it in my head. Oh, sorry. No, not the same line. Rory Led. Um, there's Led's two guys that are gone. Yeah. Like, I don't know why this field design, I guess because it's my average. Um, but I think there's a lot of guys in this category that just proven guys that their roles Bont- are fine. Bontempelli. Yeah, Bontempelli I like as well. Um, yep. He got robbed a bit on the weekend, I feel, Dono. Um, Sam Doherty's a 568,000, Dono, with a break even of 166. He could be 550K by the by next week. Mm. And I, I think that's a really good price point if you didn't start him. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a few there. Um, yeah, I like your Brayshaw yeah. shout as well, for sure. Oh, dude, he's he's averaging less than Aish. Yeah, that's mad. Aish is getting fucking CBAs too. He's the, their second highest averaging mid behind Sarong. Isn't that mad? It's fucking madness. Mason, Brody Redmond, dropped. Gonna, <laughs> Mason Redmond dropped a 49 on the weekend, and I, I, he, he could get to 400K. Don't know, depending on how he goes the next couple of weeks, and mm. scored one eighteen and one ten in the first two rounds. So I, I like him. He should be dropping off in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Anyway, second part of his question was also Dane wants to go with Callahan two below par scores in a row, jump off or hold. Well, one of them, the poor bugger, got subbed out. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, that Carlton game was fucked. The conditions. Um. There was no wind, but it was just fucking dewy. And, like, the only person I think that had clean disposal was Josh Kelly. So, um, yeah, I think Callahan might be on the chopping block, one of them to be on the chopping block for Josh Fay. Uh, but we'll wait and see. They might give him one more week. Yeah. Callahan's but... break even is higher than his average. Yeah, okay. And he's made 19K. But all and this, takes, is why you, yeah. this is why you don't jump on to a guy like this, especially in the 200K range, after one game. Yeah, wing roll. Um, we we tried to warn them, Dana. Anyway, well, I, like, I, I like the next you one. You were high on him. I tried to warn him. I, I like Tate's one. So Tate's kind of sledging everyone right now. Like I said on my Twitter, my supercoach shape is shit. Anyway, I'm... One of the how many thousand fucktards that traded Darcy to Cameron. Yeah, me too, Tate. Not to mention fucking Tom Stewart to Rioli. I guess my question is, who should I curse next? I'll make Yikes. three... Hang on. 
He goes, I'll make three trades if you want me to curse three players. I accept PayPal or Pornhub subscriptions. Ironically, that is where you can see my team reveal. Oh, good one, Tate. Um, I probably need to take some ownership on the Stuart Rioli trade. So I do apologize, Tate. Um, he hasn't been the great the last couple of weeks. Um, but Geelong just been shady fucks. Four to five weeks, and he's come back after one. Like, yeah. that's just fucking sorcery. I, like, I, Geelong, I would have seriously. held, but in saying that, got Disco Dacos out of it. So, but yeah, it's not fun doing a forced yeah. trade like that. Um, Jono yeah. and then, says, oh. and then he's just having a mare because he's done an unforced trade of Darcy to, to Cameron. Freed up cash. Anyway, Jono says, will LDU's return hinder Will Phillips? Well, I basically said yes um, during the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we, we kind of addressed this before. Yeah. I think couldn't even come in at the expense of um, Phillips, sadly. So, Yeah, and yeah, then the other one is Ross. Do I trade out LDU after just trading him in if he misses this week? Ross Sponsibles. That might be his team name. Um, oh, yeah, 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 it is too. I I wouldn't be trading LDU out. I especially if you just brought him in. Yeah, um, you wanna you wanna get some return. Just, yeah, and you, you've probably actually gone better out of it with him not playing because he doesn't get a seventy or eighty odd in his rolling average because I that's what he probably would have scored against Callahan. You probably had Oscar Baker like most people did as emergency for him who scored yeah. ninety five. Um, so I think you've actually come out of it with more points and now you've got LDU without the prospect of a tag this week. So, well, he may still get tagged obviously, but I think, I think you've actually got out of that pretty okay. As long as you have the cover on the, on your bench. Yeah. Cool. Now I'm just going to Twitter. Do, 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 do. Yes, yes, yes. Now we have a typical Scoby one, which is good. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Tate just said, yeah, my super good shape is shit. Uh, Scoby says, What's more enjoyable, A, seeing Tom Lynch get absolutely pocketed by Big Billy Fram Coughlin, or B, if you had DC bringing in the colossal Cockasaurus Matty Flynn? I'm I'm starting to think Scobie has a bit of a thing for Big Cox. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Who can, well, he does who go for Collingwood. Him? He does go for Collingwood, so he does like Big true. Cox. Yeah. True. Yes, Big American Cox. Anyway. I a. sort of touched on that. Pardon? I'm going with A. That's more enjoyable, yeah. seeing Tom Lynch get absolutely pocketed. I'm contractually obliged to say B. <laughs> I cannot wait for Tom Lynch to flatten Disco Dacos next time. But anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, B. B, bring on the, the Colossal Cocosaurus. Um, I'll just double check the D, 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 M's. Okay. Oh, here we go. So we've got um just one DM. Um oh here we go. Yep, so basically one of our avid listeners, um, I don't King Supercoach. It's King Supercoach. He goes, I've found the Supercoach co-captain's pod is good for locating the hidden gems that some of the bigger pods probably don't cover. They discuss a lot more options. Very, very thorough. Thank you. Thanks, King. No, we remember um, some some great feedback like that last year as well. So no, we do appreciate that. We we like to think that like we're not as good as the fucking big dogs. Like 
Dr. Supercoach and, you know, Jock Reynolds and all that sort of shit. But we, we just hope to bring something a little bit different than what they do. We try and do it in a bit more of a comedic way. We have a bit of a fucking a laugh and a rant and, and, and a swear, but we also try and, you know, bring some, some different point of views and just encourage people to think a little bit outside the box. Like, sure, it may not always pay off, but you know what? The, you, you don't win super coach by just following everyone else because everyone else is also for following. So yeah, I thanks. Thanks, King. Yep. Yep. All righty, Pato. So we're not called the Supercoach co-captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys VC and C options to set your team apart from the rest. Um, had a half-decent strike rate last week, Pato. Um, you didn't end up captaining um, Darcy when you were adamant that you were going to? No, I I was watching the pregame to the Thursday night game and I made a late decision to to try my luck at a VC from that game and I chose Bonson Pally and that was looking great after a quarter, but he fucking fell in the ass. So yeah. spewing yeah. I didn't go VC Laird and, and see Darcy like I told the myself I would. But yeah. anyway. Yep. Yep. Um I went VC Neil. We got one seventeen. It was like didn't crack the one thirty. So I went C Dacos and he only got one oh eight. So at least I didn't go subpar. Um but it wasn't fantastic either. And anyway this week, Pato, Thursday, Brisbane Lions versus Collingwood. So <laughs> who do you have in this one? Because there's a plethora of different options in this one. Brisbane have actually leaked really um, bulk points to halfbacks, Dano. So I do like a Disco mm. Danikos action here in this one. Yeah, right. I'm interested to see. Lockie Neal's starting to come back into it, Pato. He's like, he wasn't shit but he wasn't like, you know, doing normal Lockie Neal things and he usually slows up. He usually start the season fast or slow. I can't remember. Anyway. Usually starts pretty quick, actually. But, okay, after looking at this, I don't like it because last year, he, well, last three games are 117, 88 and 89. Against you got to remember those, those scores in the 80s were under Buckley who did tag. In 2021? Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, you're right. Yep, yep, that's true. Whereas um, under McRae, they don't tag. So, so you got the one. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind the Neil shout. Um, also don't mind Dunkley. But I just the way that Collingwood are playing, it's really hard to go against them because of just how dominant they are being, even up in Brisbane. So this this should be an interesting game. In saying that, Brisbane got on top of Melbourne pretty easily up at the Gabba. Yeah. So this will yeah. be a super intriguing game, if I'm mm. honest. But, um, I, I'd almost be inclined to just say, sit back, enjoy this game, don't put your VC on because it could ruin your night. Yeah, okay. okay. Just enjoy enjoy a great game of footy. You don't worry about Dunkley or Dacos or anything. Just just take what they give they get, and I think there's some really good VC options in the next few games. Yep, okay. We've got a Friday then. North Melbourne versus Carlton. And straight away, Pato's going to say... Crips. Not who I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 40 disposals off half back or whatever for Doherty, but yeah, Cripps is a good shout. Good shout. Um, if you got LDU, yeah. VC him. I mean, North Melbourne gave up 139 points to Will Day, and he's just the same mold as Patrick Cripps. So, except just imagine what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just what imagine, just imagine what a Patrick Cripps could do against that 
midfield. Um, LDU, I don't mind either. Um, obviously, I'm, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Could you? Could you? The Sheasel Oyster. The Sheasel Cheasel. Could you do it? A VC. When and I raised this last week, and I said, when is like ready to do a VC on the Sheasel? He scored one twenty last week, Pato. He's he's getting there against Hawthorne. It doesn't matter who it's against. He's fucking scoring it. The ball's going to be down um, there a fair bit, even though they're winning. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to say no. That nah, okay. I just think he's nah. just too good. I think yeah. I think we're looking at everyone's talking about Ashcroft being the next day. I actually think it's Sheasel. Yeah, he's looking a class above, isn't he? Ah, oh, fuck. Drafted him a small forward or whatever the fuck he was, and then he's put him a half back and he just shines. No, what? Fuck it. I'm gonna. I'm going to say this is if there's ever a week to do a VC on Sheasel, I have a feeling it's going to be this week. No. Come on, mate. I just, anyway. Look at the three games outside of these ones in the first four weeks, uh, four games of this round. Even Doherty and Cripps in the same game. Like, I think yeah, Carlton yeah, yeah. could win this by 100. Whoa. Anyway, yeah. I'm and just, like, when I, is two, like, like, when is the right time for the Sheasmeister? Yeah, I mean, we have to wait a I season. I th- yeah, I, I th- maybe in a buy round, maybe you just take a, a fly at it because you know you don't have many premiums playing. But I not, still remember, I still remember Matt Rowell pumped out that massive score, and then it, people VC'd him in his second game, and he still scored one fifty odd. Anyway, I I, I made <laughs> back my gut um, this week, Dano. Last week I did call the Sean Darcy monster score, and I think you know it could be Doherty this week under the the roof at Marvel. Yep. So yep. fair enough, fair enough. It may I may, end up, but I don't think I'm going to do it because I think there's better <laughs> options. Yeah, Saturday, Adelaide versus Freo at 11:45 p.m. Sorry, 1:45 p.m. Not 11:45. What the fuck, um, Adelaide Oval. <laughs> That is daylight savings time if I've ever seen it. Eleven forty-five p.m. Yeah, I mean, mine's at my local time zone, so mine says one forty-five. But yeah, yeah. What Rory Laird? What does he actually average against Frio? And then I feel like it's not super high, really, because I feel like he can add like an extra ten points on top. So he didn't play them last year. Yeah, and the time before that, he he scored ninety-four, but that was when he was still a defender. So yeah, so really, we're going in size. We're going in kind of blind, but as a VC, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all. And and the game's in Adelaide as well. Yeah. Anyone else you like they from did, this one? Frio did let Luke Davis Uniac score one fifty five. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. And yeah, just back on the Brayshaw thing, he's already lost forty two k. And the only thing is, which is weird, his break even's only one thirty nine, and he historically he that well, this is the thing. Adelaide, 127, 117, 144. There is games against Adelaide. And also to add to that, I am i don't know for sure what the injury was. I'm just looking it up now. But Sam Berry was subbed out of the game. And, and um, I don't know whether that was by injury or by just having a shit game. But he is their defensive, like, negating midfielder. And, and another thing to factor in, Adelaide is the team that Andrew Brayshaw scored Average scores the highest against. There's only two teams um, that he's apparently averaged is over a hundred against. Obviously, factoring in like he only just broke out not that long ago. Adelaide's 102 average, and then 101.8 average is Melbourne. So maybe we see the Andrew Brayshaw bounce back. Yeah, I can believe it. Just after yeah. people probably trading him out. What about Luke Ryan? <laughs> oh fuck off. <laughs> 
Don't like it, Pato. Don't like it. I mean, it's not as crazy as it sounds because... He actually does not too bad against the Crom too. Uh, except for last year. He only got 70 against him. But the year before that, 134 and 109. So anyway. It's a no for me. I just wanted to throw that in there just to piss you off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll move on then. Next game, 4.35 p.m., Richmond versus Western Bulldogs. This one has me intrigued. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Bontempelli averages 125 against Richmond in eight games. Fuck. That's average. Average 125. Fuck. Let me have a look at this shit. Yeah, and yeah, say 136 against them last year. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, so this, so the team that Bontempelli averages the most against is Richmond. Yeah, okay, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, for Richmond 125.1. Adelaide 120.3, and then it drops off. Yeah, right. Okay. So if there's the ever a time that, to VC him, it's this week. The only thing that goes against that is the fact that there is rain on the horizon on Saturday in Melbourne, and this is at the MCG. And historically, Bontempelli is very much a Marvel Stadium sort of dude. Um, does better there. So that's the only thing that maybe may sway you, but you might be happy with Bontempelli in the wet. Like, yeah. Mm, yeah. No McCrae's, no Englishes. McRae's a good wet weather player as well. So I, th- I think McRae's not a bad shout as well. Um, it might also just depend on how people think this game's going to go. Like if people think Richmond are going to win, maybe you're not too keen on a Bulldogs player. Um, maybe you go in English who might sort of get around the ground a bit easier than, than Nank will. But um, I think in a wet game, maybe you avoid this game unless you'd like Bontempelli. Yeah, okay. Yep, I don't mind it. No, I can... Um, Timmy Taranto because he's number one in the AFL for ineffective kicks. How good is that? <laughs> well, lucky to be a handball game on the weekend if it's wet. Yeah, he's ranked number two in the AFL didn't, for ineffective disposals. Didn't he score like 160 in the wet last year, like in torrential rain last year? I don't know, but it doesn't really matter because I th- oh, it's when he slots gold. Yeah, anyway. But he did in that game. Anyway. I'm I'm looking it up now because I'm fairly certain certain Shirtin. he had one. <laughs> one on the sheasel. Oh, who did they play in that? Oh, it was Hawth- It was Hawthorne, wasn't it? One eleven he had in that game. Yeah. Anyway, never, never mind. We'll move on. St Kilda versus Gold Coast. Now, instantly you would think of one player from the Suns, but yeah. he actually doesn't average like super high against St Kilda. That is two. He might get. He might get Jack Bytel for company this weekend. Yeah, he's only gone 107, 115, 109 the last three games against Saints. Um, and then, yeah, he hasn't been tagged. Like, he hasn't copped a tag. I don't think anyone can really tag him, though. Um, but, yeah, just factoring that in. I'll tell you who has a really good record against the Suns. Who's that? Rowan Marshall. Does he? Interesting. The average is 124 against them. Fuck me. Look at that. 125, in, 107, 143. In four games, his lowest score is 107. Uh, you factor in the ones with Jared Witts, and he still gets 125. Yeah, right. And 143 in 2020. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, Romar. Don't trade. Save your trades. Don't trade And it's man. at Marvel as well, and Rowan Marshall yeah. does like a Marvel game. Jack Sinclair is one. I'm just going to do a quick checkup. I'm, I'm I and I was so bad on Sinclair. I in preseason, I'm like, nah, he's going to do a massive drop off. He's already lost thirty point seven k. 
Actually, there's one we forgot to mention for Paul and Primos. He scored a 63 last round. Yeah, he'll be right for the picking soon. Yeah. Oh, no, he doesn't really like. Oh, I know. So last year, we factor in his role last year and he got 113. And we don't look at the rounds previous to that because he wasn't really in that role. So maybe. Don't really have a small sample size. Uh, big enough I think there's way size, better right? options, though. Like, yeah. for your VC, you shouldn't be taking flyers like that. Oh, I reckon that you can take a punt on a VC just to give you, I don't know, like if there's so many teams out there that are way too similar, Pato, that if you want to try and get a, one up on someone, you want to do a, a sneaky VC, especially when you have fucking Melbourne playing West Coast and shit like that. Um, or, I don't know, fucking you got Sydney playing, who's Sydney playing? They're playing Port, aren't they? Fuck, I think they're going to demolish them. Um, you got Scott, you got you got matchups that could easily go in your favor. Essendon Giants, fucking Parish won't now, get tagged, you, like shit you like say that. that this is this is the way that you could move ahead of teams ahead of you. Yeah. Um, but I just come back to the fact that while all these teams are wasting their trades, going sideways and and fucking around with their money, I just go back to a tweet that I actually retweeted today, Dano from from Rain Man, and that that is. The trade you don't make is sometimes more important than the one you do. Yeah, but we're talking about VCs and Cs. Correct. But you're talking about moving ahead of the rest of the competition. I don't think that's, you know, VCing a Sinclair who's not in great form. Just give you different options, Pato. That's what we do. It is. It is, yeah. Yeah. If you want to go vanilla, go vanilla. Um, Anyone else from this game? No. No? Okay. Swans versus Port. Pato's going to say no one because he doesn't want to move ahead of the competition at all. He's going to stick with his vanilla shit. So I'm going to give you different options. Do you like Errol Goulden, Pato? Of course you don't because you're fucking vanilla as fuck. Uh, I suggested Sean Darcy, uh, captain last round, don't I? Just ripping into you, man. That's like the uh, opposite of vanilla. They're all <laughs> trading him out. Sydney Swans versus Port Adelaide. Who you got? I don't know if I like anyone from this game, to be honest. <laughs> and that's that's not me being vanilla. I just I don't I don't get a good read on how this game's gonna go. Don't like a Connor Rosie finally fucking doing something? No, I don't. Because he did last he, game. He got yeah, one twenty six. He's just got this weird obsession with destroying Adelaide. You've actually got a valid point there. Adelaide and West Coast are his two favourites. He scored hundred and sixty two against them last year in the showdown. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I get what you mean. Like, I, I don't know if I love anyone in this game. Even like a Mills, you've got no idea what role he's going to play. And he's playing at the SCG, who doesn't really historically score well there. Port Adelaide mids, like, who knows who's going to bob up. It could be Rosie, could be Horn Francis, could be fucking, could be Sam Powell Pepper, who no one has. Like, I just, I, I don't like either of those teams for VC or C options. Yep, fair enough. We'll move on. Uh, Sunday, we got Essendon versus GWS. Who you got, Pat? The way that GWS spray the ball around, don't know. I like Jordan Ridley. <laughs> it was just in the dewy conditions. Both teams did it. Fucking hell. You even said it yourself. Doherty with 40. <laughs> Fuck. I no, the, one I really, the, the real one I really like is um, Mr. Joshua Kelly. Okay, because I thought you were going to say someone that is pretty much a carbon copy of Paddy Cripps. Oh, the set and forget a field? No. Ooh. Paddy Cripps. Oh, Thomas Green. Thomas Green, potentially. Green and Setterfield are probably going to go head to head. So that'll be that'll be a nice battle. 
Tom Green in the most volatile fucking position ever when he was playing it. 105, 119, 104 since debut. He average his his lowest ever score is that 104, and his highest is 119. He it's the only team besides Gold Coast where he averages over 100 in his career. Wow. And he's gotten better, so that's why I'm suggesting potentially the Thomas Green. Is it? Yeah, I I don't know because it could easily go a little bit wrong, and you by Sunday you're looking at C options. Yeah, I know. Whereas Mr. Joshua Kelly, 87, 85, 111 under a different coach. That's true. That's true. Essendon haven't been tagging anymore. Well, he did, he did grab a one seventy six one time against Essendon, so that would have been pre rutten you reckon he's going to be like savaging, Zach, savaging Zach the team Merritt's, to trade him out? Zach Merritt's literally scored 71 in his last two games against the Giants. I, he'll score more than that this weekend. He might even score 120. The one that I'm intrigued about is Darcy Parrish because I swear to God he plays okay against the Giants. Oh, yeah, 120, and then he gets a... What happened in 2021 with a 49? That would have been a tag. That would have been a hard tag, which they're not doing, and then 115. Yeah. Mm. What about Matty Flynn, the big cockasaurus? <laughs> Well, I was saying he probably will score well against fucking Draper. Yeah. But long-term, it's not a viable option. But yeah, for a week, if, if you've got fucking Matty Flynn, nah, I wouldn't still do it. Would not would not captain a big Cockasaurus. I go back. Like, I, I do mind. Don't mind Ridley. Like, not as a captain option. Fair, fair. Next game then. Yeah, West Coast versus Melbourne. The game that I'm... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I reckon, I reckon Clayton Oliver will drop sub... 100, just based on the stats. Outlandish call. I'll get fucking roasted for it on Twitter because it's high high chance that it doesn't happen. But I did the stat crunch at preseason. I got to stick to it. Petrarca's the one for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say no to the Clary and watch everyone captain him and he fucking pops off. Just watch. And um, I think if you if you are backing in Brody Grundy. As a trade in, I think he oh yeah C option fuck very yes. large against Bailey Williams fuck yes hundred percent agree uh yeah can't really see anyone else oh, okay. no no <laughs> let's shout out to to Ruben Gimby though like oh yeah not all heroes Start. wear capes like yeah it's like Oscar Baker Oscar yeah. Baker not all heroes wear capes. Like, I just, he understood the assignment. Yeah, he did. He did. It's just a shame he sits with my M9. I can't get him on. And, and if Bytel's named, he's my M10. Like, Well, that's crazy. that's what I was I was saying, that Baker just understood the assignment for me when Hopper was out. And I'm like, I'm going to base it all on how Baker goes. Baker got a 95. I'm like, that's all I fucking need. Hopper on field. Yep. Yep. Boom shakalak. Easy as. And so many other coaches were in the same boat. They're like, yep, yeah, fucking let's hold hops. A lot traded him. Anyway, Monday. Balls. Easter Monday, Geelong versus Hawthorne. Uh, how are Hawthorne four dollars ninety five? James Sicily. He actually, I I don't want to know his average against Geelong. I want to know his average on Easter Monday because I swear it's bigger. I did not crunch this data. So he's only he didn't he played last year. It was one twenty six. Yeah, and then round it was round two in twenty twenty. So that wasn't Easter Monday, but round. Round five in 2019, I think, was Easter Monday. That was 117. Yeah. It's usually, is it round four or round five that they usually play it? It might be round well, four. Well, Easter, Easter moves around. I reckon it's around five. So that five. 2020 could well have been Easter. No, I don't think it would have been. Oh, no, that was COVID. So it could have been. Delayed start. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, I just think the way that Geelong's midfield is operating, 
and their fold line, mind you. Tom Hawkins is a fucking peanut. Oh, dude, yeah. A very chubby peanut, very slow peanut. He's been like that for years, though. True, true. He should have retired with Selwood. Yeah, 100%. But no, I like this dog. I think he's the only option in this game, honestly. Will Day, I don't think you'd no. trust him for a C, but no. no. Wouldn't, no. wouldn't shock me if he did large. But no, oh, I agree. Tom Stewart, Tom Stewart. Only other one. But he could well, either see, fucking ping a hammy or go fucking 180. So here's the thing. Hawthorne played a very chipmark sort of game against North Melbourne and it really worked. And it just meant that North Melbourne's intercept defenders just couldn't get a hold of it. And I think this, a similar thing could happen with, with the game on Monday where Tom Stewart's not going to be able to read those chip marks and they're just going to end up going over the top. Net them on. So I, on. I think it's Sicily or no one in this game. Yep, fair. All right, Pato, what's your Twitter handle? At P A T O S Triple C. And mine is at D A N E O S Triple C. So from us at the Supercoach Co Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing. The fuck off. Don't trade out Doherty. Yeah, pretty much.